Welcome to the Art of Thriving podcast. I'm your host, Shanice, and through weekly inspiring conversations, we'll be exploring the themes of happiness, well-being, and what it takes to live fully and make the most of our precious time on the planet. Thank you so much for being here, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's book club episode, where we'll be diving into The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. In these book club episodes, I'll be pulling out the key lessons and insights from different books in the personal growth space so that you can hear an express version of the teachings and concepts that can then be implemented into your life. It will also give you a bit of a taster for the book before deciding on whether you feel called to go ahead and read the whole book. The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success begins with an introduction to the concept of success and the idea that success is a journey, not a destination, which is such an important point because often we will look ahead to a goal or milestone and think that when we arrive there and feel successful, then we will feel happy. But in fact, it's the journey of a lifetime of growing and evolving rather than a one-time destination that we arrive at. It's also emphasised that success is not just about material wealth, but also includes good health, energy and enthusiasm for life, fulfilling relationships, creative freedom, emotional and psychological stability, a sense of well-being and peace of mind. The book then moves on to explore the seven spiritual laws of success, and there is a chapter dedicated to each law. Deepak Chopra teaches that when we understand these laws and apply them in our lives, anything we want can be created, because the same laws that nature uses to create a forest or a galaxy or a star or a human body can also bring about the fulfillment of our deepest desires. So the first law is the law of pure potentiality. And this law is based on the fact that we are, in our essential state, pure consciousness. Pure consciousness is pure potentiality. It is the field of all possibilities and infinite creativity. There is no separation between you and this field of energy. A key insight from this chapter is that there are two different reference points that we can experience life through, self-referral and object referral. In object referral, we are always influenced by objects outside of ourselves, including situations, circumstances, people and things, and we're constantly seeking the approval of others. In object referral, our thinking and behaviour are always in anticipation of a response and it is therefore fear-based. In object referral, we also feel an intense need to control things. The internal reference point here is the ego. The ego is not who we really are, but it's the social mask we wear and the role we are playing. The opposite of object referral is self-referral, which means that our internal reference point is our own spirit or soul and not our external experience. So from this place of self, there is an absence of fear, 
There's no compulsion to control and no struggle for approval or external power. It is immune to criticism. It is unfearful of any challenge and it feels neither beneath nor superior to anyone. Living in this position of self-referral draws people and things to you. It magnetizes circumstances to support your desires. As an actionable step, it's suggested in the book that meditation and spending time simply being in silence can help you access the law of pure potentiality and get in touch with the innermost essence of your being. The second law in the book is the law of giving. The universe operates through dynamic exchange. Nothing is static. Giving and receiving are different aspects of the flow of energy in the universe. Like a river or blood in the body, it must be continuously flowing, otherwise it will stagnate. And the same is true for the energy of giving and receiving. When we are willing to give that which we seek, we keep the flow of abundance circulating in our life. If you want to experience joy, give joy to others. If you want love, learn to give love. If you want appreciation, appreciate others. If you want material affluence, help others become materially affluent. To start the whole process of circulation, make a decision that anytime you come into contact with anyone, you will give them something. It doesn't have to be in the form of material things. In fact, the gifts of caring, attention, affection, appreciation, and love are some of the most precious gifts that you can give, and they don't cost anything. An important note is that it's the intention behind giving that's the most important thing. If through the act of giving, you feel like you have lost something, then the gift is not truly given and will not cause increase. If you give grudgingly, there is no energy behind that giving. The intention should always be to create happiness and joy for the giver and receiver. The next law is the law of karma or cause and effect. Every action generates a force of energy that returns to us in like kind. Or put another way, what we sow is what we reap. And when we choose actions that bring happiness and success to others, the fruit of our karma is happiness and success. The best way to understand and maximize this law is to become consciously aware of the choices that we make in every moment. When you make a choice, ask yourself these two things. What are the consequences of this choice that I'm making? And will this choice bring fulfillment and happiness to me and also to those who are affected by this choice? Your body has a built-in mechanism based on sensation that can help you make correct choices. When asking yourself this question, if I make this choice, what happens? Listen to whether your body instantly produces a feeling of either comfort or discomfort. The sensation from your body will help guide your choice. 
The fourth law is the law of least effort. This law is based on the fact that nature's intelligence functions with effortless ease. It's the principle of least action and of no resistance. If you observe nature at work, you will see that least effort is expended. Grass doesn't try to grow, it just grows. Fish don't try to swim, they just swim. Flowers don't try to bloom, they just bloom. This is their intrinsic nature. It's the nature of the earth to spin. It's the nature of babies to be in bliss. It's the nature of the sun to shine. And it's the human nature to make our dreams manifest into physical form easily and effortlessly. There are three things you can do to put this principle of do less and accomplish more into action. The first component is acceptance. Accepting people, situations, circumstances and events as they occur. Accepting things as they are, not as you wish they were in this moment. You can wish for things in the future to be different, but in this moment, you have to accept things as they are. The second component is responsibility. This means not blaming anyone or anything for your situation, including yourself. All problems contain the seed of opportunity, and this awareness allows you to take the moment and transform it into better situations or things. This way, every challenging experience becomes your teacher. The third component is defencelessness. This means that you relinquish the need to persuade others of your point of view. In doing so, you will gain access to enormous amounts of energy that have previously been wasted. So when you have the combination of acceptance, responsibility and defencelessness, you will experience life flowing with effortless ease. The fifth law is the law of intention and desire. Inherent in every intention and desire is the mechanics for the fulfillment of that desire. Intent is desire without attachment to the outcome, which is incredibly powerful. Desire alone is weaker than intent because desire in most people involves attachment to a specific outcome. The powerful formula here is combining your intent for the future whilst your attention remains in the present. As long as your attention is in the present, then your intent for the future will manifest because the future is created in the present. The sixth law is the law of detachment. And this law says that in order to acquire anything in the physical universe, you have to relinquish your attachment to it. This doesn't mean you give up the intention to create your desire. You just give up the attachment to the result. Attachment is based on fear and insecurity. When you relinquish your attachment to the known and embrace uncertainty, you will step into the field of all possibilities. This approach to life brings with it fun, excitement, adventure, and mystery. 
you don't need to have a complete and rigid idea of what you'll be doing next week or next year, because if you have a very clear idea of what's going to happen and you get attached to it, then you shut out a whole range of possibilities. You can still have the intention of going in a certain direction. You still have a goal. However, between point A and point B, there are infinite possibilities. And the final law, the seventh law, is the law of dharma or purpose in life. Dharma is a Sanskrit word that means purpose in life. According to this law, everyone has a unique talent and a unique way of expressing it. There is something that you can do better than anyone else in the whole world. A good question to ask yourself to help you pinpoint your dharma is this. If money was no concern and you had all the time and money in the world, what would you do? When you're spending time expressing your unique talent, you lose track of time and enter timeless awareness. For every unique talent and unique expression of that talent, there are also unique needs. When these needs are matched with the creative expressions of your talent, that is the spark that creates affluence. Expressing your talent to fulfill the needs of your fellow humans creates unlimited wealth and abundance. It's about asking the questions, how can I help, rather than what's in it for me. This shift in questioning takes us out of the ego and into the spirit. So that brings us to the end of the seven spiritual laws of success. These powerful principles can guide us towards abundance, joy, and self-mastery. This is a pretty short and concise book that could probably be read in a few hours, but the teachings are potent and valuable nonetheless, and it's likely one of those books that you want to go back to and revisit. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. You can subscribe to join us for weekly inspiring conversations and follow the journey over on Instagram at thrive.and.co. Thank you so much for being here.